Hi, welcome to the Creative Review podcast. I'm Eliza Williams and I'm joined in the podcast studio today by two designers, Anthony Burrell and Lucienne Roberts, as we're going to have a conversation about graphic design and protest and politics. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Nice to be here. <laughs> um, to kick things off, Lucienne, you uh, curated or co-curated the Hope to Nope show that was at the Design Museum recently, which looked at protest work from the last 10 years, yeah. broadly. Yeah. I thought we would just start by talking about that. One of the things that really struck me was that perhaps the most effective design work in there, because it was a mix of amateur and professional design, and it was perhaps the sort of prof- the amateur homemade work that actually is the most powerful. I mean, is that something you'd agree with? I think um, I, I think it's very it's a it's a really interesting observation. But I mean, the first thing is that the show wasn't just about protest; it was about political graphic design in a broader sense. So, of course, that meant that professionals were, you know, represented in terms of you know branding, if you like, in a more um, orthodox fashion and so on. Yeah, but we can talk about that later. Um, but actually, I wonder whether it's this is part what you're touching upon is something that I found really interesting, which is about the work that is more trusted by mm. people. And whether, um, you know, we're, witness- we're obviously we're living in difficult times politically, I would say. And there's a lot of discussion about experts, isn't there, and whether you trust them and so on. And I wonder whether what we might think of as confes- you know, conventional, professional graphic design is something that a lot of people are quite wary of. Yes. Do you think that's because it's associated with corporations? Yes. Yeah. And it's sort of slick. Yeah. In some way. And, and you know, pro- professionally, that's something that we've come up against because we've done quite a lot of work that I would loosely define as political. Mm. But some of it is overtly political. So we worked on the David Miliband campaign mm. when he stood as leader for the Labour Party. And a lot of his, his whole, um, his campaign, in a way, not just our work, but was criticised because it looked in a way too considered. Yeah. Do you think this is a recent phenomenon? I mean, is social media playing a part or is it I'm to sure do with the, the mood of I'm populism sure. and so it's, on? It's all of that, Yeah, I would say. And also, I mean, I suppose historically, though, a lot of the political work that we, even if we think about Ken Garland's C&D posters, for example, which we all love and so on, yeah. but they have that rawness yeah. about them, don't they? Which I think is also what you're touching upon. So even though, yes, they were produced by a professional... They looked a bit more kind of rough and ready, but then you can't do that in a knowing way yeah. because then it's not authentic anymore. And maybe that was partly to do with the period and the way things were made. Well, there's a sense of urgency, perhaps, that, yes. that made it faster and less thought about. Yes. Yeah. 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 Anthony, how do you feel about these, these thoughts? Um, well, I think, you know, politics is an emotional thing and it kind of grabs people... Um, Maybe on an emotional level rather than an uh, kind of uh, at a sort of considered level, and and so then when you see images of protest and and you know stuff stuff has been made, you know the morning of the protest, you mm. know with whatever's been lying around, and it's almost like if you then introduce uh, you know kind of neat graphic design into that, it just yeah it doesn't have that um, kind of connection with with the emotion. So yeah. I think it, it it's kind of it's. I think it's quite problematic as a designer to make work about protest that is kind of, unless you've got a kind of um, uh, kind of bit of space between you you and and what's going on, and Mm. probably through time and looking back on things, and maybe 
you know, it's like on, on social media, you see a lot of designers posting kind of work about what's going on at the moment. And it, it's like a, you know, it's like a visual diary kind of thing. And it's almost like, um, I think those immediate kind of honest responses that aren't really anything to do with graphic design, they're more to do with visual communication. And I think, yeah. and I think it's that it's connecting with people um, on that kind of, you know, emotional kind of level that, that's important. Yeah. And so does that play into the work you make? Because you make work that has, at times, a, a political element yeah, to it. Yeah, I, th- I, uh, uh, I think I'm a political designer um, just because of the, the personal values I hold. And it's, and it's broadly about politics. It's about demonstrating how you can work commercially you know, I work, I work with commercial clients and work for charities and I make my own work as well. Mm. And, and it's that combination of things that all adds up to a single statement in a way that, that you, can, you can make work that is, um, uh, you know, connected to, to how you view the world, you know. And being a designer d- doesn't just mean you design logos for people, you know. Yes. It's, it's about communicating with people and connecting and stuff. Yeah, and obviously you use words a lot in your work too. Mm, so, mm. I mean, is that something with the in the current political climate that I mean, you see a lot of there's a sort of ironic knowingness that you see often in handmade uh, slogans as well. I mean, does does that feel effective, or is that still that slight remove in a different way that you get with the polished work? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a poster there was a poster in Hope to Nope produced by Oddly Head that said, slogans in nice typefaces won't save the human races. Yeah. And when that was stuck up on, it was fly-posted, you know, in London. And when um, my colleague Dave, actually, he was one of the co-curators of the show, saw it, he, oh, we've got to have that in the show. And it, obviously, because it's a sort of comment on us, yeah, <laughs> isn't it? And it sits quite uncomfortably. Um, but it was, it was a very astute observation, very provocative, um, in a way, it kind of got to the nub of it, really. Yeah. And obviously a sort of terrifying message whilst also being quite funny. But it, but it begged lots of questions. And um, this summer, I was in the States. I was typographer in residence at Art Centre. And I took that poster as my starting point for my research mm. and was trying to sort of deconstruct it. Well, what is a nice typeface? And, and actually, there are slogans that are hugely effective. So it's not that, is it the slogan that's the problem or is it the nice typeface that's the problem? You know, and it was a re- it was a really interesting process. And thinking about design, the problem with you know political designers, if you like, of which you know in a way we we represent, is it's no good producing work that's just for other designers. Well, that was going to be one of my points. Is there's you know the design community, certainly those who will admit their leanings, virtually all left leaning. That's right. And so you have this kind of sense where the you know we, people have talked about bubbles where everyone's in this quite comfortable space where mm. we all agree mm. with each other and, and we all... I mean, it's not that there's not anger and upset about what's going on, but there's a sense that there's not a reaching out beyond the sort of world that we're all quite comfortably within. So how, how is it possible? How could design make that reach? I mean, should design be trying to make conversation rather than uh, shout against in, a, in political I suppose sense? it depends whether you're talking about self-initiated work or commissioned work. Yes, because inevitably, the moment, two the moment the work is commissioned, the chances are that the reach is wider. Yeah, and it's so the Miller Band example. But yeah, yeah, but it's compromised in a different way. 
Yeah. Often in an aesthetic way. Yes. So you, then you have to struggle with that one, yeah. which that's something we come up against, have done a lot. But in the end, because it, of the reach, it's very much worth doing. Yes. So have you found that, have you been, are you doing more recent work after the Miliband? Was that really your most recent sort of That was quite, you know, to be honest, that was a really painful process because he didn't win. Yeah. And, um, and after, uh, I've talked a bit about this before, but it's so poignant. Um, there was a sort of, well, why didn't he win? You know, and the design was one of the things that his team talked about and we were right. thinking, my God, is it th- our fault? It, yeah, I don't think it was all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but... But you can't say that it makes a difference and not accept responsibility if it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, visual communication is incredibly powerful. Yeah. And it's, you know, all the massive corporations, you know, are aware of that. So it's like, I think it, it depends what kind of designer you want to be. And, you know, whether you, you just, um, you know, whether it's just a job for you or whether it's part of a, you know, the, the you know, a kind of vocation really is to be a, uh, visual communicator so yeah. I think it's um, I think you can navigate your way through that I think you can you know you can work work for uh, for companies who who you you know who you kind of mm. uh, you know you, you kind of approve of and and you can you know that I think that's the way you can be a political designer by by applying your skills to you know to kind of promote causes that that you're interested in or you know or or just to say no to to things that you don't want to get involved in yeah and and I think you know if I think if we all did that then you know the the big corporations wouldn't have any designers yeah, working right. for them yeah. yeah and they'd have to yeah. do it themselves and it'd be rubbish yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the there was a quote you know on the wall in the show mm. all design is political from Mike Montero yeah. and I'd seen him speaking in Antwerp and he gave this at a conference and he gave this fantastic talk called how to fight fascism which was a real rallying cry I mean, he's a great orator so you know but he started by sa- he starts off by saying to people do you want to talk about design or do you want to talk about politics clap if you want to hear about design clap if you want to hear and then he said it's a trick question because all design is political yeah you know and it is of course it is and then he talks in a, you know fantastic co- coherent way about how it's all about you know who benefits from the design how is it made who you know that in mm. many respects mm. it's political yeah we still somehow struggle a bit though i think uh culturally in acknowledging design's place perhaps sometimes in that which i guess is partly his point i I, I think it's it's that cliche of the designer as this kind of like polo neck wearing you know kind of uh aesthete in in an ivory tower (laughs) somewhere but you know it's like we're all engaged in in you know the contemporary world and you know it's kind of uh I don't know. I think it's you know it's a problem when you go to things uh, you know design conferences and people are talking about their work and and it's kind of like yeah but you know what what was you in all this you know what what what's who, who's the person behind all this kind of slick work yeah. you know and it's like well um, and I just think in in you know the the way that social media has kind of taken over from you know from from uh, news broadcasters mm. you know it's like. Um, you know the way the way that Trump uses Twitter as as his kind of personal megaphone, and yes. it's like it's just incredible how how all that has completely changed. And you know we 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 look back at work from the sixties, and it you know thing, things were much more kind of controlled in the way that you know information was disseminated. Mm. And it's kind of you know the uh, 
that's just all being blown apart. And I think we're we're kind of seeing the consequences of all that now. That yeah. you know that that politics has changed, and and it's um, you know all all the stuff that's been going on on this year with you know with uh, Corbyn, and you know it's kind of like you know what were you know how how is all that going to play out? You know, is yes, it, is it the end of politics? You know, I know. Just going back to the design on social media, that one sort of alternative view to the kind of amateurish thing that seemed to be more powerful is the those posters that um i mean obviously the shepherd fairy original hope poster but then the ones that have been done for the women's day marches and so on that that are kind of professional works really i mean they're artistic but they're professional and and yet they seem to have worked on social media that i I saw lots of people using those as their profile images and and showing those and using them on the marches so i mean is there something there that can work if it's I mean, there's definitely groups of designers producing work that they make readily available. Yeah. That's one example, isn't it, where um, Adele Rodriguez is one of them, isn't he, the illustrator? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Who produced those, those fantastic images of Trump, um, infinitely variable, but always Trump, um, yeah. <laughs> that, um, <laughs> that people could download and they could use it on Women's March. And yeah. So, I mean, that, yeah, that's yeah. interesting because it had a kind of rawness, but it was still designed in a way that we would recognise, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, and the Princess Leia take take off as well. I mean, there's been a few that seem to have particularly. I don't know. It it, it almost seems like the, um, the, the stuff made by people is 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 you know. You know, I thought you know the the kind of Trump uh, hot air balloon. Mm. You know that was there's so much tension paid to that. Yeah, and it's so weird, and it's like I didn't really understand. You know. The, the, the kind of reason for doing that but it, it almost felt like unnecessary yeah because um, it's almost just like kind of you know more more kind of visual noise mm. you know that, that we don't really need what did you think of that I loved it mm. <laughs> I, <have to> say. <laughs> I loved it because it, it was designed to upset him really yeah, yeah. but he actually. didn't see it did he but it didn't but he kind yeah. of knew I'm sure he knew I mean surely he knew yeah, yeah but he, he loved it but it, but it wasn't that wasn't the I mean he's yeah. very complicated because he's so yeah, of course, he's so impossible to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. it was still designed to undermine him and so I was but kind it of was, it was a lot smaller I it was, than I thought it was yes be. yeah <laughs> what <laughs> the real thing we've ever heard that before <laughs> but it was also it was a collective <laughs> thing wasn't it lots yeah. of people contributed yeah. to make it happen yeah and some I mean of, it was the satire as well there's a sort of humour history some of what's important is that that what we do is a mark of solidarity. I'm not sure, you know, sometimes it's about changing other people's minds, but sometimes it's about just knowing that there are other people like mm, you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it has, and it does have a value from that point of view. Yeah, well. true. And that's a good point. I suppose maybe I'm being too sort of conscious of the need to reach across and maybe there is more fight that needs to to be had. I mean, I, my only concern with the Trump because I, I mean, initially I loved it and thought it was hilarious. And then I thought, well, is it, is it just playing into this thing that uh, we just laugh at Trump and actually we've been laughing at Trump for... But I think we all feel very, very scared and threatened by yeah, Trump. Yeah, exactly. So and maybe don't... laughter is a yeah, response of one kind. It's a classic thing, but yeah. really, we're all terrified, surely. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I mean. That I just The laughing thing doesn't seem to... Nec- or mocking him, perhaps more than laughing, uh, doesn't seem to necessarily have worked in any way that's been that effective I think but. it's because he's untouchable you know there's that mm. quote about him shooting somebody on Broadway yeah, you know yeah. he'd, he'd still get elected it's kind of it's almost like he all all this you know all this stuff uh, 
kind of against him. It's it's just fuels his uh, yeah. His ego. makes him feel more righteous yeah. in some perverse way. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it, he's just so far off off the um, off the scale of reason. You know, reason yeah. uh, as we see it. It's kind of like it's very difficult to see. But yeah, hopefully he won't be around for much longer. <laughs> what would yeah, you? There's <laughs> other people coming up in the, behind him. <laughs> Oh, it always. I mean, but, what do you um, what would you think of if you were facing trying to fight against him in the next like, on behalf of the Democrats? I mean, Michael Beirut obviously did uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign, which I think he has also said are you know clearly it, it in a similar way to you saying about David Miliband, it didn't, it wasn't right. And I mean, what what approaches should they be taking next time in light of all these things? I'm sorry, uh, that's a bit of a tough question, isn't it? <laughs> I, I th- it? It's it's just it's incredibly difficult, and I think you can all you can do is just uh, just just do your own work and and kind of oh you know almost sort of. Uh, I mean, you have to be true to yourself. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, it's kind of it's um yeah, it's 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 really yeah yeah it's re- it's it's hard to know how to respond really, and it's kind of uh, other than just saying you know. Um, that's, it's not my, it's not my thing. Yeah. yeah, I think you know, just looking at like historic stuff, like you know, the the May '68 things, and you know, it's mm. kind of like you kind of think, well, that was, that was the social media of its time, and it's yeah. you know, and it's like, um, you know, the romanticism around, you know, the Atelier Populaire and and the yes. screen printing and all that stuff. It's kind yeah. of like it's very appealing. So how do you translate that into, you know, where we are now? Yeah, you know, through social media, it's kind of uh... part of the problem is I don't think we know who we're getting behind mm. yet, do we? I mean, the Women's March was fantastic, for example, that was a great collective thing. Yeah, but you I mean it as in a personality, a, a yeah, politician? Yeah, actually, that's what yeah. I find interesting. It's how it's still those traditional ideas are still there. There's still a need for us to feel like we can group together. And we all roughly are on the same page and we know which way we're pushing. Yeah. But actually, I think things have become so divisive. And that's where Brexit here is such a problem because it doesn't fall on party political No, lines. it's really, it's really So we really don't know mm. now. What do, do we still support Labour because it's still Labour? Or, do, or what about, you know, why didn't they say, you know, da da yeah. Hence the helplessness, I think, that people, yeah. there's not an obvious place to turn at the moment. Yeah. In the yeah. UK, especially, I think. But. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. I think we're. St- I I certainly feel completely on the back foot. Mm. I think it's uh, was it yesterday when um, somebody like um, sh- like one of the ministers like accidentally showed the the briefing notes. For mm. No, that seems to happen it, so regularly. It's but kind of what's <laughs> it? Operation Yellowhammer, isn't it? That that's the kind of no Brexit exit strategy. Uh, okay. And okay. it's almost like wow, it's got a name now. Yes. Yellowhammer. It's, it kind of it sounds ominous. Yeah. Doesn't yeah, it does. You know, one of the things that we we talked about a lot for the exhibition, but it didn't really come to fruition in the way that in some in some ways we'd wanted, was that we thought some of the things that look most benign are actually the most dangerous. Mm, mm. So you know, think tank reports, that yeah. kind of thing. Yes, that's interesting. You yeah, know, and we wanted to find something that we could show to demonstrate that, and actually. We were just we were very focused on Cambridge Analytica before they hit the headlines because there was this footage of Alexander Nix talking about with a huge dashboard of, of infographics behind him, talking about what they do and how amazing it was and everything, and in a completely apolitical way, as though it really doesn't matter. Yeah, 
the, the longer term effect. It was just, look, we can use the data to do this. Well, again, it's like corporate and sort of And here's know, this dashboard of graphics. Yeah. And the graphics look, from our point of view, very dull infographics, right? But very dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we thought, actually, that's, that's the sort of thing that people need to know about yeah. and be more aware of. Well, actually, of course, during the course of the exhibition, that happened. I know, incredible, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at the other end of it, we were also looking at, you know, Russian, you know, um, t- people making, like troll farms, making fake, fake, if you like, I don't know, memes that look like they were done by protesters, but yeah. they weren't really, that then get disseminated. So, you know, all sorts of ways that the graphics were used to usurp. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's, it's that whole thing about Trump being, you know, being a distraction from, you know, what's really going on. Yeah, yes. And it's kind of like, yeah. So in some ways, I think we just need to be better informed because that's why we feel we're on the back foot. Mm. But the, we're being respond, we're responding, but we're always that means we're always late. Yeah. yeah. But, we're, but we're not. Well, and there's yeah, there's so many unknowns now as well, and yeah. you don't quite know where, for want of a better word, is the enemy is now because yeah. it's in those sort of places where the manipulations happening, and you don't know who's doing it and how, and but you know, the, it's the, very the, confusing. You know, the, the whole kind of uh, you know. It's like, you know, the Wizard of Oz kind of like looking behind the uh, the curtains and there's, you know, the tech giants. Yeah. You know, using, using it, you know, we, we've, you know, we were all hoodwinked by, uh, by the... Isn't it ironic? Because <laughs> yeah. we, particularly the design business, I think we think of ourselves as, you know, creative mavericks and mm. all that kind of, you know, and so we're individuals, not in an individualistic sense, but we celebrate the idea of diversity mm. and so on. You know, I can't believe how people haven't been more wary about big tech companies. Yeah. Because it's obvious, obvious, (laughs) isn't it? They're massive, massive, very powerful corporations. Yeah, I think it it sort of of came in in a sort of creeping way. But I mean, I had lots of friends who were very suspicious of them along the way. And I remember being like, oh, you know, (laughs) it can't be that bad. (laughs) And you do feel idiotic now in a way, I think, with that. That of course it can be that bad. But actually, I think that's a good thing that's come out of this. Yeah, it's it's kind of like we're living in a real time episode of Black Mirror. You know, it's yeah. kind of you know you um, you know I think that's some of the best stuff that I've seen recently. Where you know it's where it's kind of taking where we are now and kind of you know expanding. But it's always worked. I mean, I love Black Mirror, but it's always working with stuff we kind of know about now. And what I think is that what are the Black Mirror episodes that are going to be mm. in three years time, which are touching on stuff that we haven't even considered yeah, at yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the I think I wonder <laughs> Sorry, is whether... Sorry <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, to be bleak. But, uh, no, but it is bleak. It's yeah. quite likely to get bleaker before it gets better. I yeah. Um, just to finish, I feel we, we can't not sort of touch on the um, the controversy around the that came to the the Hope yeah. to Nope show. Um, yeah. I mean, which was just a recap for anyone who wasn't aware that a lot of designers protested about an event that took place that was held by an arms company at the museum, completely separately to the show, but while the show was on. And this caused a lot of uh, discomfort and anger amongst the designers featured, and they pulled some works towards the end of the show. Um, I felt that it raised a lot of interesting questions about museums and showing these kinds of works in the in the current time frame that because a lot of museums are showing protest shows at the moment around the world it's a very kind of current exhibition theme really and I I think it it must have been challenging when you were putting together to show this kind of consideration of of works that are really very live because you were adding things that were very very current um have you seen the controversy in that light that museums are kind of challenged 
in this way when it's something very there's contemporary. lots of stuff to unpack there i mean yeah. f- first of all we'll talk about the, the, the controversy in a minute but um in terms of curating it when it's so current i mean it's fantastic challenge but very exhilarating i mean we really wanted it to be as international as possible um as varied in terms of the type of work so talking about it being protest work it was it was pr- protest in a very loose yeah. sense yeah, yeah. activism there were books was, yeah. there were, you know really we had a sort of checklist of we've got to include some branding we've got to have books we've got to have newspapers we've got to have this we've got to have that you know um and we were so we were trying to piece piece it together from that point of view actually what i think is interesting is whether in 10 years time you'll look at that body of work and think oh, we shouldn't really have included that we should have included this instead or we could because you've got no it, it how how you discriminate is incredibly difficult it, it was way more subjective in a way than yeah. anything else that i've done it's not about whether you like it but in the end it was it was driven by well if this is next to this what does that say yeah you know those were the the conversations and I know curatorially that happens all the time but it was much more acute yeah with this um and and so it's a it's peculiar because I just I can't tell you yet whether it was good yeah good choice if you like whatever that means and it's strange in a context of a museum because we are used to the museum sort of yeah like defining the canon if you like and maybe reshaping that along the way but Almost as soon as you put something in the museum, you're, it sort of has value we, and kind the, of... The benchmark for us was that when we wrote the text, could we say something about the design? That Because yeah. we had to. It, still, it was a design show. We, we tried to include examples of work that we didn't... You know, it wasn't about whether we liked it, obviously. It wasn't whether we agreed with the political message either. Um, so we were trying to be as broad as we could be. And yeah. that, was, that was a huge challenge. But of course, as it turns out... Um, that made it vulnerable in a very different way because it wasn't benign in any respect. And no. a lot of the people whose work were included are, are very politically active now. That was the whole point. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> so, the, I, I think in know. a way that, you know, the way it turned out underlined the, you know, the, uh, the, the reason for doing it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, institutions should ask those difficult questions of themselves. And it's like, you know... Um, you know, as designers, you, you know, you've got very specific boundaries, and it's like, if if you know, if you en- your work ends up being in a context that you don't agree with, then you know, it's 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 within your right to yeah. to withdraw that work. Mm. But I think the broader picture is about arts funding, really, and and in a way, I felt the whole thing f- felt quite sad to me, in that I think the museum. They were they were a bit too slow to respond. I felt that was the first thing. I think because they were quite shocked. Mm. Really. You felt the difficult situation for them in the it just felt response horribly yeah. uncomfortable. Of course, and mm. it did for us because mm. the um, the letter that was signed. You know, we 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 were invited to sign it, but we couldn't sign it because we didn't want the show. We didn't want the work taken out of the show because it was our show. But you know, so it was just you know, but, was like, you know but so you, you, that was difficult. But you, you're you're emotionally connected to it, so yeah. it, it, it's it's difficult to see it. But I I think the way it played out was was really interesting, and mm. it it made a real point of the exhibition. It wasn't just like oh you know look at this colourful work by these mavericks. No, you know it's yeah it made like, it feel very it, alive. Yeah, it's actually, like it's a real thing, yeah. and it's like you know by. I think maybe you know the design museum uh, didn't. Uh, it was just uh, maybe a bad decision to have 
an arms manufacturer or whatever it was, kind of, um, you know, kind of party. But, you know, it's a big building, you know, they've got to pay for it, so. Well, I think, and I think actually that's the nub of it. And the Design Museum are particularly vulnerable because they get so little public mm. funding. I mean, it's tiny, it's like 1% or something. It's really weeny. How do you stay alive if you, you know, don't get that? Yeah. No. And so that's the bigger conversation, isn't it? Yeah. Is there any way of funding the arts that means this kind of thing might not happen? Because after all, they're not the only... No, it's a, it's a, a subject that bubbles up every now and then. And I think yeah. if, if people shone more of a light on it, it would probably bubble up more often, actually. But, yeah. but how do you solve it without, without some funding, at least in part from the government? But, but or also from... the, other, the other thing is there is no such thing as clean money, is there? I mean, I always felt, you know, I do lots of work for uh, charities and NGOs and, you know, and it seems clean in that it's coming from this charity or Save the Children or whoever. But who's give, who, who is it who's actually... They're giving yeah. donations to these charities. All these people are collecting the money, da-da-da. Where's that come from? I yeah, don't know. You, you look at the you know, the recent controversy with uh, with Oxfam and, and it's kind of like, oh, it's, you know, it's kind of like, it's just problematic. It, you know, unless you're working at a kind of grassroots level in a, in a kind of, you know, community yeah. arts project that's that's funded, you know, I don't know, by by you know some some other means of funding then it's you know it's kind of like you know we live in a corporate world you know it's kind of everything is governed by uh you know by much bigger bigger forces so i think it's, it's kind of naive to to think that um that you know you you, you can operate outside that yeah to an extent well, it, yeah, into yeah. Woven into yeah. It. yeah 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 you know, so I mean, you know, being aware is right, but I think one also has to mm, not be mm. naive, as you say, yeah. about it. I think yeah. you know, the, you know, the minute you start using social media, you're you're part of, you know, you're part of a, a bigger thing. Is you know, it's like who do you think owns Instagram? You know, yeah. who owns Facebook? You know, what where does all that stuff? But yeah, I think you've got to be realistic about stuff. Yeah, definitely. But it was a, and I think actually, in hindsight how it ended was really interesting it just yeah. hurt a lot at the time and we I got very, very we spent so our, honestly not a day went by in the studio where it wasn't the main focus of conversation how do we respond to this and i was obviously i was corresponding with the museum yeah and with the protesters <laughs> so we were sort of in the middle yeah and um yeah and it was pretty and it felt very personal not personally attacked at all but but because um, actually all the protests were incredibly respectful towards us. But it just felt sad for us, you know. But then we understood why they were feeling what they felt. And yeah. It was, yeah. Sad. <laughs> it was, you know, when I kind of saw it unfolding, I kind of thought yeah, it's kind of, that is the reason for having an exhibition like that, to to talk about stuff like this and, and get it out in the open. So, yeah. I could. I didn't go and see it at the end. I just couldn't bear it, though. The mm. idea of going, walking in and seeing a few bits of, you know. I wish I'd had the balls to do it, though, because I know it would have been mm. a good... It would have been a good thing to document as well. Yeah. Really, to take pictures it's of. very tough, mm. though. You were, you were, were in it, weren't you? Kind of, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> it, was, it was just... So then yeah. the, the people who didn't take their work down, did they... Well, that was interesting yeah, as well, yeah. because... So it's like, you know, what... what... But that was really interesting, because Michael Beirut, for example, started off saying he'd leave his work and then decided... That uh, I guess some of his team, they had a conversation, you know, decided no, they couldn't 
because they could because it would have been seen they would have then been appearing to it well it took on a, a movement in it of its yes. own basically yeah, so then you get yeah. then it's your really they were very conflicted though and i'm sure lots of the other designers felt that i, I think too i think that word conflicted is good because it, it's kind of like well you know what you know what do you expect it's like you know you put your you put your work in this context and then it, it's kind of you know it's part of a commercial thing then isn't it you know yeah. it's kind of um and i think it's that thing of taking something that's very current and putting it in a museum context and you know the it, showing graphic design work in in a gallery or museum is tricky anyway because it's kind of it's it's not in its you know yeah i mean that's the that's another thing that's worth talking about really with a show like that that we realized very quickly that there's no whatever you do with it there's something slightly uneasy and not quite right about it because it's so controlled so even though you however much you try and make the space feel uncontrolled and you you know it is controlled and it's a it's still a gallery it's still got air conditioning you know it's just Somehow not. It's really odd. But maybe sometimes those awkwardnesses are just worth doing anyway to see what happens. Because in a way, as Anthony's suggesting, what ended up happening obviously was very difficult for you personally, but was interesting yeah, in terms definitely. of the show. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a, just thinking about, you know, kind of curating an exhibition like that. It's kind of, it's like when you see a recreation of a teenage bedroom in, on a, in a, yes. you know, on Hollyoaks or something. Yeah. And it's like, that's not what teenage bedrooms look like. It's kind of, it, there's, there isn't an authenticity to no, it. No, so absolutely. When, when, um, mm. So when that stuff's taken out of context and it, you know, and it becomes part of, you know, kind of uh, visual culture that, I think that for me it's prob problematic when it hasn't got a real anchor to something. It's just seen as visual noise again. You know, it's turned into, you know, uh, you'd buy it, on a t-shirt in you know top shop or something yeah. you know it's kind of it's like it doesn't you know it's just uh it just it becomes devalued then mm. and maybe actually the pro the sort of protest reaction from the designers gave it a value that, mm. Mm. that had yeah, perhaps yeah. been slightly lost by the museum context yeah, interesting yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but then that shouldn't put you off from Doing an exhibition about it. No, it's kind of like it's, no, no. It's, it's but it's yeah. It's it's a challenge. Yeah, yeah. All right. On that note, <laughs> I, 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 I'm afraid we're going to have to wrap this up. Um, thank you very much, both of you, for being part of the show. It's been great having you on. And you can read more about this topic on the Creative Review website at creativereview.co.uk. Thanks. Yeah.